You are listening to the East Point Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church that exists to glorify God as a gospel community that is growing in faith and reaching the world. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged and challenged by today's sermon. Good morning, East Point Church. How are you guys? You doing well? Happy New Year, man. It is so, so good to be with you guys. Uh, This is already the highlight of my week getting to get together with my church family, open up the Bible filled with expectation. God is going to speak to us. How many of you know God is going to speak to us this morning? You know how I know? You know how I know? It's really simple because we just did this. And every time we open this Bible, he speaks to us, man. He wants to change our lives. And so, so good to be with you, especially after the holidays. You guys have a good New Year's? How many of you, come on, moment of truth, how many of you made it till midnight? Shibuya, okay, all right. How many of you guys, you're part of the I'm in bed before 9 p.m. crowd? Look at you, man. Bold-faced it too, right? The thing is, you never fall in the middle. I've never met somebody that was like, 11.55, I was so close and I just missed it. You're like, I'm either out at 9 or I'm going the distance, all right? And so I went the distance. How many of you guys love New Year's? Anybody else? I love it. I have to be there, 1201 at my front door. I'm just here to greet New Year, like bring it on, right? New Year. The reason why I love New Year's is the same reason I love my whiteboards. How many of you love a good whiteboard? Man, you know what the New Year represents to me? Can Blank canvas, right? Fresh opportunity. We got a new start here. A blank whiteboard is an opportunity to dream. This is an invitation to make your plans, create your list, zoom out a little bit, and obtain the big picture. Where are we going? And so maybe if I were to walk into your house, maybe if I were to walk into your office or look at the the whiteboard on your phone in your notes, right, I would see your plans for this year, your resolutions or your intentions, because I don't make resolutions, right? You're like, you just changed the name and did the same thing. I see what you did there, right? What are my goals? Where am I going? What do I want to see happen in 2023? And so if you were to go to my office, whether at home or at work, you would see my whiteboards, plural, with a Z. You would see my whiteboards filled with notes and scribbles and all of these things. And just by seeing my whiteboard, you would get an idea of what I'm up to. You would get a little glimpse into Sam's mind, as scary as that sounds. You would have a little bit of an idea of what I'm working on, of what my intentions are, of what my plans are. All from simply glimpsing a whiteboard. And so here's what I want to ask you this morning. If you and I were to take a little stroll through heaven, if we were to pass the beautiful divine conference room, because you know they got those floor-to-ceiling windows, right? Like, boom! Like, there's like, man, I'm planning right now the redemption of the universe, right? If you were to see a glimpse of God's whiteboard, what would we find? If we were to get a little glimpse of God's scribbles, of his notes, what would we see on God's whiteboard? What is the Holy Trinity collaborating on right now as we speak for you? What is his plan for your life? What is his plan for your family? What does he want to accomplish this year in 2023? If 
only we could see his whiteboard, right? If we could see his whiteboard, then we would know God's plan. God's plan. And so this morning, friends, we're going to have a glimpse of the whiteboard. Are you ready? You're like, how did you obtain footage from heaven? It's very simple. Oh, it's right here. It's right here. God is going to give us a glimpse of the whiteboard this morning. He is going to give us a glimpse of his plan. And the reason why we are sharing it this morning, the reason why we're beginning our new year, first things first, looking at God's plan, is because, number one, this is going to give us perspective. Some of you this morning need perspective. Sometimes life, it feels like one of those thousand-piece puzzles and all of the pieces have been dumped on the floor, and you just want to cry. Because you're like, what is happening right now, right? And when we see God's plan, it's like picking up the box on the front of the puzzle, going, oh, now I can make sense of all the pieces. Now I understand what these are supposed to come together to make. And so this morning, God's plan is going to be like the cover of the, of the puzzle for some of you. And you're going to obtain perspective. For others of you, I'm sharing this plan because we're going to be challenged to check our priorities. By the time we're done here for these few moments this morning, my prayer, my hope and passion is that what is on God's board will be on your board. My hope is that what is important to God, what is on his list of priorities, would crack the top ten, no, the number one spot, on your priorities. So how many of you would like to see God's whiteboard this morning? Anybody want to know his plan for your life? You're like, it's that simple? I just need to come to church? <laughs> yes. Here we go. You ready? We're going to start Colossians chapter 1. Let me read all four verses, and then we'll go back and break it down. This is God's word. Colossians 1, starting in verse 21. It says this. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Jump down, verse 28. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word this morning. I pray that you would speak to us. I pray that you would change our lives and our perspectives and our priorities. Father, may we hear your voice even as we read these words, and may we leave here differently, Lord, than when we came in. We pray this in Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. All right, friends, welcome to East Point. We just want to go like verse by verse through the Bible, and I'm not going to talk to you about politics. I'm not going to talk to you about the weather. I'm not going to talk to you about the latest ideas and some cool books I read. We're just going to see what God says. And it's going to change your life. All right? So let's look at it one more time and see what he says from the beginning. He says, And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. First thing we learn here this morning is that God is preparing us to present us. God is preparing us in order to present us. 
And so look what it says here. Before Paul tells us about God's plan for the future, he starts off by reminding us of the state of our past. And he says, you got to remember this, people. Listen to me. You once were alienated. Alienated. Some of you in this room, you just heard or maybe even used this word this past holiday season. Right? For some of us, the empty chair at the end of the table is a painful reminder that, hey, such and such is alienated from the family. He is estranged, right? We are no longer on speaking terms. We are at odds. If that person were to come and sit at family dinner over the holidays, it would be awkward at best, right? Worst case scenario, it would be World War III. And so we are just estranged. We're not cool right now. And see, all of us in this room, when we hear that, we know, dude, that's sad, right? Like, there's a pain there. That's not as it should be. And Paul, he uses that same word, and he says, that was all of us. We were all there on the outside of God's family. We were all estranged and not on speaking terms with God himself. Why? Because rather than living in humility, to God's ways, we were living in hostility to God's ways. You see, friends, you have to understand here, there was a time in our life where his claim as creator, where his divine prerogative to define what is good and what is evil was in direct conflict with our desire for autonomy. You see, your boy, I want to define what's good and evil for myself. I want to be the captain of my fate. I want to do what I want to do. And that, by definition, cannot coexist with Lord. And so Paul says here, friends, that we were not just indifferent to God. Our desire for life is in direct conflict with God's ways. And so we either follow his ways or we don't. Right? And we know that God's ways are good. And he looks at the operating system of humanity. He looks at our deeds. He looks at our hearts. And he calls it, rightly so, evil. And so we're following God's good ways or we're perpetuating and persisting in our own evil. Leave it to say, we are not cool with God in this state. We're alienated. But here's where that bad news becomes good news. Look what he says. We who were alienated, what does God do to us? He has now reconciled. God has come near to us, hello, to bring those who were far into relationship with himself. Yes, we were hostile. Yes, we were at odds. But God doesn't come to defeat us. He comes to deliver us. He doesn't remove the hostility by coming to crush us, but by coming to adopt us and bring us into his family. He willingly laid down his life by dying for us. He died for you so that you can go from being alienated to adopted. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Friends, you are no longer, if you are in Christ, you are no longer in this adversarial conflict with your creator. You're in the family. And so, friends, let me begin this new year by asking you, right, because we're super real here, right? We're not putting on the face and playing the game. Like, you have to ask yourself, are you alienated or are you adopted? 
Are you at a spot right now where if you were to sit at the dinner table with your creator in heaven, it would be awkward at best? Friends, this is our appeal as a church. Be reconciled to God. There's no need, there's no reason for us to persist as aliens. We can be in God's family because Jesus laid down his life for us. Call out to the one who came, not to defeat us as enemies, but to adopt us as children. And so we cry out, as many of us here have, Lord, would you reconcile me to yourself? And maybe you're here, and this year you're going to pray that prayer for the first time. Maybe in your heart of hearts you'll know, dude, I'm moving beyond the checkbox. I'm moving beyond just showing up on a Sunday morning. I'm moving beyond playing the game, and I'm crying out for the first time in my heart, Lord, reconcile me to you. And he does it. Dude, we could stop there, and there's a great sermon, right? We who were alienated are now adopted. Have a great week. Like that's, I'm juiced up already. But wait, there's more. It's like, what? How does it get any better than this? But Paul keeps going. He says his plan wasn't simply to adopt you. His plan wasn't simply to bring you into the family. That was just phase one. You're like, oh, snap, we got like a three-phase operation here. I know. He says he wanted to bring you into the family. He's reconciled you. Why? In order to present you. He brings you into the family, but then he has an eye on a future reality. You see, just like a bride, right? How many brides in this room, right? Hello, brides. Hey, I know. So you're like a bride and a bride on her wedding day in the same way that she is escorted down the aisle, decked out in splendor and glory and dazzling whites and creams and high heels and veils. Are veils still in? Is that a thing? We still do veils? This year we're doing veils. All right, here we go. And so we're decked out. Why is the bride decked out? To be presented to the groom. And in the same way, he's saying here, God is walking a bride, a people, a community, the same people that he laid down his life for. His plan is to present them. To who? To himself. He will present us one day before him. God, there is not a day that goes by, there is not a moment in your life that goes by that God is not actively thinking of and working toward the day where he will present you. And what will you be wearing on that day? You're like, well, I'm going to get some heel. No, no, no. What will the people of God be decked out in that day? They will be holy, blameless, and above reproach. He looks at this bride and he goes, when I'm done with you, when I'm done with you, by the time we get to the the aisle, to the altar, you're going to be holy, decked out in holiness, right? Every single part of your life will be perfectly set apart for his purposes. You're going to be blameless, above reproach, right? Like everybody makes mistakes. We know that now, but not in that day. On that day, you will be perfected spotless. Your radiant glory will perfectly match the radiant glory and holiness of the groom, Jesus. You will be that on that day. In other words, can we say it this way? In other words, you will be mature. You will have grown spiritually. You will look more like Jesus than you did like day one a version of you. Praise the Lord. 
We see this in Ephesians 5. This is what God is working on, friends. This is his plan. So that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. That's going to be you. By the grace of God, that's going to be me. And so we see the description, right? It looks great in the magazine. The bride, holy, blameless, and above reproach. And you look at this and you say, Sam, he's got a lot of work to do. <laughs> yes, he does, right? I would not use those three words or those four words to describe myself. I'm perfectly holy, blameless, and above reproach, right? God's got a lot of work to do. I think of it like, um, you know, when you're like, I'm going to get a six-pack this year. Anybody else have that on their New Year's resolution? I'm just kidding. Me neither. <laughs> Weird. That's not my goal this year, all right? But if it were, I might set up a little picture of an ab, like abs, like six-pack abs, you know, so that every day when I get up and I do a sit-up, I'm like, that's the goal, you know? That's the goal. This is a stupid goal. I'm done, right? That's how it works. But, like, imagine if the picture we're trying to look forward to is not six-pack abs. It's holy, right? Blameless, above reproach. Like, that's where we're going. That's in shape. That is what God is working in us. But we got a lot of work to do. He's got a lot of work to do. How many of you ladies know no bride wakes up looking like that on her wedding day, right? Man, it's a long process. It is thorough, borderline miraculous to see you go from how you woke up to how you will be presented at that altar, man. I, I think I've told this story before, right? Like me and my dudes, we woke up, and I've only ever been married once, so I didn't know what to expect. But I woke up, and I was like, dude, why do we have to wait till 3 o'clock? Like you don't think about this. What do we do until 3? That's a long time. You know how long it takes me to get dressed? Five minutes. And so we're like literally waking up going, dude, nobody warned us. Like, what do we do? We're like, should we go eat? I guess. So like, we go eat. Like, we're wasting time. Like, we're like, dude, we still have seven hours, you know? And I remember afterwards on my honeymoon telling my wife, like, man, what did you do all day? Wasn't that the worst? She was like, I had not enough time. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, because every 30 minutes of my day was meticulously mapped out. Pinky nails, 7.30. Ring fingernails, 7.45, right? Hair appointment, one I'm like, what? That's what God is like. Every single moment of your life, every single year of your life, everything is working together to get you ready for that moment. He's not sitting here wasting time going, it's been a couple thousand years. Want to play catch, Holy Spirit? No, right? Everything in your life is moving toward this day. And so, friends, here's God's whiteboard, right? If we could summarize his master plan on God's whiteboard, read this. Operation, present them holy. Operation, present them holy. He is actively working to grow you and to mature you in order to present you. His plan is not just operation adoption. No, friends, it is operation, present them holy. And so phase one, we can call it peace. He made peace. Phase two, he's preparing so that phase three, he can present you. Everything that God is doing is done for the purpose of transforming you. 
Friend, do you understand that the same power that spoke creation into existence, explosive power, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is literally residing in you for the express purpose of making you into the image of Jesus. The same power. God is actively working to transform you, to clean you up, to wash away the the, the residual effect of sin and your old lifestyle. He is actively and intentionally working to train you out of your family of origin and teach you how we operate in the family of God. He is at work in you. And this future experience gives everything in the present meaning. Friends, this is why in Christ we are more than conquerors, even in the face of sickness, even in the face of difficult circumstances, even in relational conflict, even when we have successes, even when we have failures, when we are recognized and when we are overlooked. All of it is dripping with meaning and purpose. Nothing is wasted. He uses all of it for Operation Present Them Holy. This is God's plan for your life if you're interested. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. You want to know God's will? For this is the will of God. For this is the will of God. Your sanctification. God's will His master plan, the thing that he, well, he doesn't sleep, but the thing he thinks about when he's laying his head on the pillow, the first thing he thinks about when he wakes up, you're like, God doesn't sleep. I know. I'm sorry. Follow me, though. It's this. He wants you to grow. He's making you mature. Everything toward this end. And so here's the question for today. Here's the question for 2023. If this is God's master plan, what are we going to do about it? If this is on the top level of importance and priority for the creator, our father in heaven, then what is our response? So Paul continues, look at our last half of the passage here. Verse 28 says this. Him we proclaim, warning everyone And teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Friends, God is revealing to us his master plan because God's plan calls for partnership. God's plan is calling for partnership. Look what Paul says here. He says, our entire message, the entire mission of our church can be summarized in one word. Christ. Him we proclaim. You want to know the mission, the, mission, the mission and the message of our church? Let me summarize it. One word. Jesus. Jesus is what we are proclaiming. We are proclaiming him. Everything that we do is designed intentionally to point you to Jesus, to remind you of Jesus, to get your feet moving in the direction of Jesus. It's all about Jesus. 
So we will often proclaim what he has done. We will proclaim what he is doing. We will warn you about the temptations that will come to distract you from the path. We will teach you about his plan. We will unpack the truth. We will teach you the implications of that plan for your life. Jesus, what did you learn today at church? Jesus. That should always be the correct answer. It's Jesus. We are obsessed with Jesus. Why? Because to focus on Jesus moves us toward maturity. We will grow to the degree that we are learning about Jesus. He says, I'm obsessed with Jesus so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Paul, look, Paul says that we may present everyone God says that I may present everyone. Wait a minute, wait, wait, who, whose plan is this? Who's obsessed with the presenting? Who, who, who's obsessed with making people holy? Who's obsessed with seeing people grow to maturity? Is this God's plan or Paul's plan? Yes. See, God is showing us in his word, this is my plan, your growth. And Paul is stepping forward and he goes, me too. I'm obsessed with seeing people grow in their faith and become more like Jesus. You see it, friends? God's plan is Paul's obsession. He has made it his life's aim to work toward the same end to see people grow toward maturity. And so Paul is showing us this because our lives are meant to be lived in partnership with operation, present them holy. Our lives are a partnership in operation, present them holy. You see, friends, Paul shows us that God's plan calls not for passivity, but for partnership. Do you hear the partnership? Can you, can you see it? Look what he says. He goes, man, I'm toiling. How many of you toil in the soil, right? When you get out there on your hands and knees and you're rolling up your sleeves, he goes, this is what I'm doing. I'm not just hoping, I'm hustling. I am thinking strategically. I am working hard. He is spending lots of hours and emotional energy helping prepare the bride for the wedding day. He goes, I'm sweating out here. I'm exerting energy. I'm putting in the effort so that you may be mature. But, let me, get, not, let me not get too carried away here. Yes, I'm working hard, but don't, re, don't forget, the energy that you see in your boy, this is his energy that he's powerfully working within me. The fuel and the fire that you see in me is actually the echo of the fuel and fire of God. I'm obsessed with this because he's obsessed with this. And so excuse me if I get energetic. Excuse me if I get enthusiastic. Excuse me if I'm just getting a little bit intense about this. You're actually seeing God's passion reflected through me, he says. God is prioritizing your growth in faith. He is ultimately passionate about this. He, exert, he is exerting his divine energy and his power in this community through your leaders, through your spouses, through your children, through your friends, to do it. And friends, I have the utmost confidence that he who began a good work in you 
will bring it to completion. That he who has saved you will also prepare you that he may present you. He's point. This is his plan. Therefore, this will be our priority. We want to be a community where God's plan is our priority. If you're new to East Point, let me just break it down for you here, okay? We are not about putting on events. We are not a production company. We are not just doing cool activities and keeping people busy so that everybody looks like they're happy and we're all playing the part, but we go back and we're the same. We're not interested in that, okay? We are a community that is growing in faith. This is the priority, This is the kind of community we want to be. We want to be a church where you literally would have to work hard to not grow. Just by walking through the doors, man, you're like, it's in the air. It'll make you grow. We want to be the kind of church where if you say, dude, I want to change. I don't want to be the same as I was last year. This is a place for you. I want to grow in my marriage. I want to grow in my understanding of the gospel. I want to reflect the gospel more accurately to my children. You're in the right spot. It'll make you grow. We want to grow. Why? Because this is his plan. This is his plan. And so here's what we're going to do. In a few short weeks, I'm going to invite you back here into this very room for vision night. Saturday night. January 28th, and you don't want to miss Vision Night because we're going to be rolling out some new things and some new ways that we are baking this passion into the culture of East Point Church, all right? So we'll get there. We'll tell you more about what we're doing. But my first question is for you. What are you doing? And here's the questions I have for you today, friend. If God's plan is going to be our priority, if you're going to live a life that says God's plan is my priority, question number one, Do you expect growth? Do you expect it, honestly? You know, the longer that you're a Christian, right, the older you become, the longer you're in the faith, it's so easy to slip into this mentality that says, ah, I am what I am. And now I'm just waiting for Jesus to come back. Friend, may the Lord, by his grace, increase your expectancy. You're not done. And do you know why you're not done? Because he's not done. As long as there is breath in your lungs, may you be filled with expectancy that this year can hold the most spiritual growth you've ever experienced. And that's not even the goal. The goal is just steady growth, right? We don't want to become sensational to go every year. Dude, sometimes you go, man, that was a solid year of growth. And that's awesome. Let's be steady. But have you lost your expectancy that you will be different one year from now than you are today? We just received over the weekend dozens and dozens of ministry partners. Every year we do our annual renewal. And in that survey, we basically ask, how did it go? How did Operation Present Them Holy go? And I'm so encouraged. We had dozens and dozens of replies that were like, steady year of growth, steady year of growth, remarkable year of growth. I got baptized. Man, I grew my faith. I'm learning to hear and read the lessons that people learn. Why are they learning that? Because God is doing it. And may this entire community just be drenched in expectation. Do you expect it? And then the second question I have for you is this. Are you prioritizing it? 
Are you intentionally thinking about ways? Are you creating a plan to make sure that the most important thing in your life is being rooted in your faith and letting him grow you? Man, I can tell you all the things that I planned intentionally last year. I want to paint my cabinets. I want to redo my room. I want to run so many miles. I want to... All of those things. Why is it that in our thinking and our planning and in our prioritizing that growth in faith is not number one? You see, we just go through the motions. Well, if I just go to church and I do the thing, then, you know, I'll probably grow by osmosis. What if we got intentional and it prioritized? I want to grow in this way. What if that was the most important thing? What if your bank account didn't change a single penny one year from now? What if your house didn't have a single thing remodeled? Those purple shaggy carpets are still there, but you grew in faith. Would that be a win? Oh, yeah. Change the carpets, but it would still be a win. All right? And so here's what we're going to do, friends. We're getting hyper-intentional about this. I've already told you that we'll talk more about Vision Night. But right now what we're going to do is we're going to kick off this new year with this sermon series called Grow. I've had so many people go, when are we resuming Mark? I want to keep going in Mark. We'll get there, all right? Season four of Mark is coming. You got some time to go and binge the first three seasons to catch up, all right? Giving you time. But before we get to Mark, we're going to spend the next seven weeks looking at how scripture defines maturity, okay? And we've broken down this picture of maturity into seven values, seven things that a mature disciple embodies and lives out and embraces. And each week as we go through what a mature disciple does, here's my challenge to you. I want you to pray. And I want you to ask the Lord, Father, what areas of my life do you want to mature in 2023. We're not going to look at this picture of maturity and go, well, that's cool. Noted. No, we're going to get intentional, friends. We're going to prioritize it. And so as you pray and you ask the Lord, what areas do you want me to become mature in? He will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true of what we have attained. Philippians 3, 16, okay? And so we're going to do this. For the next seven weeks, let's come together. Bring your Bibles. I'm old school, so you'll see me with my pen and my journal. But if you want to do this new year, new you version Bible app, by all means, get your apps out. But we're going to get into it, all right? And then we're going to come together on vision night, and we're going to hear what God has planned for 2023 and beyond at East Point Church. Sound good? Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your grace in our lives. Thank you that you have revealed to us. You have pulled back the curtain. And you show us your master plan. You've given us perspective that makes sense of everything else in our lives. And we love you for it. God, life is so good with you. That even the pain points, God, don't even touch our joy. Because you're using even those to further our lives and our sanctification. God, so would you be glorified in our lives? I pray that the intentionality that we bring into this year as partners with you, Father. That you would honor it. That you would glorify yourself. That you would make much of Jesus. And that we would change. Increase expectancy. Change and transform our priorities. And have your way in our midst. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen.
We want to thank you again for joining us for this week's sermon podcast. My name is Daniel, and I'm the music and creative pastor here at East Point Church. And if you were challenged, encouraged, or impacted in any way by this week's sermon, we would love to hear about it. It's your stories that encourage us and what we do, and we just want to celebrate what God is doing in your life. So you can go ahead and share with us at podcast at epeason.com. Also, make sure that you subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Have a great week.